what I enjoyed the most was they had homemade fresh jambalaya and also gumbo. And so uh, those were great. I mean, some people maybe are not super hungry right after a race, but I was I was ready to eat. Uh, you just heard a little taste of some of the music that I got, the culture in New Orleans. My first time to Louisiana and that great city and to Baton Rouge for um, a marathon in state number 26. That's right, I completed that. I'm more than halfway through to my goal now. I started uh, running marathons at age 40, and I turned 48 years old next month. So I uh, hope to be done in my early 50s. We'll see what happens. So uh, this is, uh, if you don't know already, Run the Race podcast. And I'm giving you a little recap of my latest uh, big race and uh, what it was like down there in New Orleans and Baton Rouge. And I'm happy to have been one of the 1,020 finishers uh, at last weekend's Louisiana Marathon in Baton Rouge about a week and a half ago. And uh, just definitely uh, thank God for the ability to to move and to run and uh it, it was a it was a great time so i'm going to tell you all about the race and about the you know what i got to experience in louisiana uh, a lot of fun and um i had a, a little bit of a head cold going into this and so uh, i'm not sure if that affected me at all i don't think i had covid when i ran the marathon but um had a great time overall. I uh, had a goal of trying to get a PR, a personal record, my fastest marathon out of almost 30 I've run so far. Uh, didn't quite achieve that. Trying to get sub four hour, didn't quite achieve that. I did uh, four hours, eight minutes and some change. And so uh, I think uh, if I did the numbers right, uh, it's my third fastest marathon out of almost uh, 30 of these 26.2 mile races so far. And uh, I would say out of the 26 states, it'd be like, you know, maybe 13th or 14th in terms of my favorites or right there in the middle of the pack. And um, so I'm going to give you a recap. It's uh, from Columbus, Georgia. It's about a seven hour drive overall to Baton Rouge. So I stopped by New Orleans first and spent a night there and kind of experiencing some of the touristy things and then went over to Baton Rouge and and spent the night there. And um, about three miles from the race start is where I stayed. So I got an Uber the morning of, so I just didn't have to worry about parking or traffic or anything like that. And um, so I got there in time to uh, stand in line uh, at all the porta potties as we traditionally do before a marathon and taking care of business. And uh, woke up about two hours before the race. Now it was uh, Central Time. I'm used to Eastern Time. 7 a.m. Central Time is when the race started, and I started about 7:04, 7:05 because they had kind of a, a corral start where you kind of are supposed to kind of get into the glob of people um, at if you're running a seven-minute pace per mile or eight-minute pace or 8.30 or 9 or whatever else. I was shooting for about a nine-minute pace per mile. And so about every 30 seconds, they released a bunch of people. And we were with the half marathoners as well. So about 1,300 people had signed up for this Louisiana marathon. And about 5,000 were running the half marathon. We're all together to start. And then about 10 miles down the road, the half marathoners split off and finished their race a lot sooner than ours. So again, uh, we uh, we had sunrise at the start as we're uh, mostly flat course, uh, just a few little small hills. 
but a beautiful sunrise, beautiful people there. Uh, we ran through the uh, LSU campus, Louisiana State University, right by the uh, the big football stadium, home of the uh, national champions from years ago. And uh, so that was pretty cool. And then um, in Baton Rouge, we uh, went through the, some of the neighborhoods, some nice overlying uh, trees. Um, in terms of the weather, it was around the 30s to start, high 30s maybe, so a little chilly. Um, I had on a couple layers. Uh, I had gloves and a little small skull cap underneath my running hat. I uh, ditched those two things into my pocket about two miles in because you, you definitely warm up as you go as you're running anything, but especially a marathon. And uh, to God be the glory, again, third fastest marathon ever. Like I said, 4.08 and some change. And uh, what I liked most about this race was the epic finish festival. Had some live music on stage and then this huge lawn where they had vendors set up. And you had six tickets on your race bib. And for each one you tear off, you can get some food or some drink. They had beers and IPAs. But what I enjoyed the most was they had homemade fresh jambalaya and also gumbo. They had the chicken and sausage gumbo and the shrimp gumbo. And so uh, those were great. I mean, some people maybe are not super hungry right after a race, but I was I was ready to eat, ready to drink. And uh, so I, I enjoyed uh, some, some great food. The jambalaya was very filling. And um, so uh, no excuses about, you know, being sick or anything like that, but uh, I did uh, keep about a 9.03 pace through the first 15 or 16 miles, so I was right on pace, I was running strong, I felt pretty good, and then that last um, probably seven to eight miles, I started kind of getting weaker or more tired, I don't know if it was physically or mentally or both, but uh, couldn't quite uh, keep up that pace. I had some miles in there. They were 10-something, 11-something, and that was about the extent of it. And so uh, um, I, I did that first half of the marathon in 158, So, which means if I wanted to get a sub-four-hour, needed to do about the same the second half. But uh, definitely thrilled to finish, uh, healthy and happy. At the end, I ran into and, and found a friend of mine from WVTM. I'm from WTVM ABC in West Georgia. She's WVTM NBC in Birmingham, Alabama. A fellow anchor and a fellow long-distance runner, Brittany Decker, who, uh, who was on the podcast several years ago. Uh, definitely look her up, and uh, she's a great runner and a uh, great newscaster as well. And she, get this, this is pretty. Imp- this is very impressive. She has now run a marathon every month for five years straight. So if I do the math right, that's about um, I don't know, 60 some marathons. Um, and probably about half of those are like actual races that you sign up for and you run with a bunch of people. The other half may be like where she's you know, a weekend warrior and she's doing that on a Saturday, 26.2 miles with a few friends and, and sets up a course. And so uh, she's that's very impressive to keep that up every single month for five years and uh, trying to avoid injuries. And um, so uh, it was great. We got a nice big medal at the end with the uh, Go Run LA. That's G-E-A-U-X, Run LA. And um, 
It's kind of the Cajun version of uh, Let's Go. And, uh, and so that was pretty cool. And uh, same thing on the, for the shirt that we got. Uh, you know, I get tons of race shirts. So this was a definitely unique one. Bright, kind of orange, red race shirt. Uh, definitely will stand out uh, amongst the, the race shirts that I have. Um, but I had a lot of fun. I would definitely recommend the Louisiana Marathon. It's, uh, it's flat. It's fast. And uh, so a lot of people get their Boston qualifying time. They had pacers. And, um, but it was a lot of fun. The expo was, uh, kind of small, but I actually got, I found a pair of running shoes, brand new ones, uh, that the kind that I get and my size for 50 bucks instead of uh, spending the normal, maybe 120 to 140, I would normally spend on those shoes. So that, that was worth it, uh, for sure. Um, but, uh, getting to go down there and experience New Orleans before and after the race, my first time there. And, um, the highlights uh, were definitely, you know, we had the uh, the pop-up parades and the music. I stayed in the French Quarter both nights I was in New Orleans, so definitely a rowdy atmosphere there. A lot of partiers, uh, people just uh, screaming and, and having fun, maybe some bachelor parties, bachelorette parties. And um, other highlights for sure, the delicious seafood, more on that in just a little bit about the kind of things I ate. Uh, on the, the night before or two nights before the actual running of the marathon, I hopped on a jazz cruise on the uh, Steamboat Natchez. It's the last authentic steamboat on the Mississippi River, and it's about a two- or three-hour tour. Uh, they do it for dinner, but lunch is less expensive, and you still get the buffet food. And um, then the night, uh, that, the, the night that I was in New Orleans, the first night, I went on a Ghosts and Legends walking tour, and so that's a lot of fun. Get to go out there and uh, learn about the history of New Orleans, kind of the haunted sides of things. Nicholas Cage uh, has had a, a place there that's very haunted, and has, he's not lived there, but he owns a, a place, a condo there, uh, right in the, the heart of New Orleans in the French Quarter. And um, got to the last day in New Orleans, I rode the uh, very uh, nostalgic St. Charles Streetcar all the way to the Garden District, and uh, you, you spend about three bucks, you get the Jazzy Pass. Uh, it's all day long. You get to hop on this uh, um, streetcar, hop off of it, and you go up and down, you know, different parts from the French Quarter to the more quieter parts of New Orleans. Also, uh, Jackson Square, pretty cool place uh, with uh, the statue and the, the uh, <clears throat> everything else there. And then the St. Louis Cathedral, a very impressive uh, Catholic cathedral there. Um, walking around and, and seeing, uh, you know, uh, popes have been there. Uh, very famous people have been there as well. But I think probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, uh, thing in New Orleans in my roughly two days there before and after running the marathon was uh, Frenchman Street. And this is an area that is in the heart of New Orleans. It's just about a, a half a mile walk from the heart of the French Quarter, a little rowdier, more touristy area. Frenchman Street is has got plenty of music spilling out into the streets, but it's uh, definitely more hip. Uh, not quite as crazy rowdy, but plenty of folks, you know, partying and listening to music. And uh, it's, uh, I mean, not quite as bad as Bourbon Street uh, with uh, just just all kinds of things that you'll see there, people watching. Uh, but I stopped into several uh, live music venues uh, that night in New Orleans, and it's in, this is in their seventh ward. And um, really some very talented, fun bands, jazz, funk, hip-hop, uh, which at one of the places that I probably enjoyed the most, Blue Nile. A really, really great band there. Um, they got, you know, obviously, you know, reggae, blues, 
Classical, another place, Mason, uh, had a, a great band there as well. And uh, really no cover charge of these places either. They just want you to come and be a customer. And so here's some of the music that I got uh, to listen to at some of those places. Uh, just kind of a, a listen in on uh, some of the bands that I got to hear, including this is a, a, a trumpet player at a little kind of a dive there in Frenchman Street in New Orleans. He, uh, on his trumpet, he played the Andy Griffith theme song. So the music was was really a huge part of New Orleans. You got Mardi Gras coming up, um, you know, at the close of January and, and the beginning of February, leading into Fat Tuesday. So it's really going to get loud and crazy and and awesome for some folks. Uh, it's not necessarily my scene, but uh, you want to kind of soak it in and experience the culture, especially. If it's your first time going to New Orleans, I would highly recommend it. Uh, again, this marathon happens in January uh, every year. Um, they run it like clockwork. They know how to do it. Um, and I mentioned to you earlier about the food. Uh, that's uh, That rivals the music as one of the best parts of Louisiana, Baton Rouge, New Orleans. And, um, of course, I had to get the famous beignets. And uh, here's, a, here's a kind of a pro tip for you. I got them. After that ghost walking tour, I got him that night, and it was about a one-minute wait in line. And I got, uh, I think it was three beignets for $4 from Café du Monde, uh, and uh, that's the famous place there. And if you go in the morning like for breakfast, uh, you're going to stand in line for, who knows, maybe an hour, maybe hours. Uh, but definitely worth it, uh, and uh, it's a little messy, but uh, worth it for sure. And um, uh, I got a poor boy from, uh, or they call it poor boys, not po' boy, uh, at Parkway. Um, and that's uh, definitely a, a hole in the wall place a few miles from, um, you know, kind of the downtown Bourbon Street area. It was highly recommended uh, by uh, Robbie and Barbara Goche, my co-anchor. And her husband, who he is from New Orleans, so he's a local, knows the places that are really good, not just for tourists. Also, he recommended uh, Dini's Seafood, uh, so I got to partake in dinner one night there. I uh, had red beans and rice, of course, and you min- I mentioned the jambalaya and gumbo earlier, but probably my favorite thing I had while I was there. I love oysters. And maybe you do as well. Maybe you think they're gross, slimy. Um, but uh, the amazing charbroiled oysters at Drago's, and they got several locations. This one was connected to a, a you know, near the streetcar connected to a hotel. So charbroiled oysters in New Orleans. Mm-mm-mm, so good. And uh, so the music and the food definitely highlights of New Orleans. 
And the highlight was getting to finish um, a marathon in my 26th state. Just so thankful to God, thankful to my family for letting me go. Uh, my wife and my daughter were uh, had talked about you know the the months leading up going with me, but uh, 14 hours in the car, they didn't really want to do that. So uh, I kind of did a solo trip and uh, met up with a lot of folks there that are like-minded in terms of, uh, you know, people that are uh, trying, maybe some of them were doing their first marathon and uh, probably about a quarter of the field, if not more, were from Louisiana. Maybe they had just driven, you know, 20 minutes or a couple hours down the road to uh, from Shreveport or somewhere else to come do this race. And uh, But there were plenty of 50 staters there, people uh, trying for the same goal as me, trying to do a marathon in all 50 states. So um, yeah, it was cool. It's it's, it's great to, to do any of these marathons just to complete the task is, is a big deal. Coming out uh, healthy and happy, um, even if you have goals that you can't complete. I may take a break from trying to uh, PR or have a faster uh, marathon for a little bit just because I, I'm going to do probably at least four more states this year. So it's all about volume, playing the long game, and um, so uh, I'm, I'm gonna just just happy uh, trying to keep on training and uh, being strong and doing as well as I can at these marathons without beating up my body too much. Uh, I had a little bit of a, a limp, uh, or I mean, my quads maybe hurt just a little bit the, the couple of days after, but uh, probably four days after I was running great without even feeling my quads anymore. So uh, recovered well. I've kept my run streak going. It's uh, I think it's close to about 600 days now, so uh, uh, nearing the two-year mark on this uh, this time. And uh, so uh, now I'm on to training for the next marathon. I'm not sure where it'll be, maybe somewhere in the central United States or somewhere up north. Um, so I'll uh, definitely keep you guys updated on about what I decide to do perhaps this spring, probably in uh, April or May. And um, so uh, as we do with all podcasts, this has been a shorter one, um, about uh, 20 minutes or so, uh, closing in prayer. Dear God, just thank you for this opportunity to, to go on a trip like this and to, to give you the glory every step of the way for, for a marathon and to experiencing new cultures and cities and that you protect people that are there um, you know, in that party scene, Lord God, that you will just help them to make wise decisions. And uh, Lord God, just to, to help them in what some see as, as a kind of a sin city. And Lord Jesus, uh, we just uh, thank you for getting me there and back safely. And uh, Lord God, just let me give you the glory um, and that, that, I, that I may have achieved it in my body, but you achieved it uh, through me. And Lord God, we just thank you for uh, the opportunity to, to talk about you and to talk about experiences like this in life the one life we have on this earth to live. and your mighty name we pray, amen. All right, so uh, next week on the podcast here on Run the Race, which you can uh, listen to on uh, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple, where you can uh, write some reviews. Um, make sure to let people know about it, subscribe to it, hashtag Run the Race, share it with your friends. Next week, uh, we're going to have a special guest. I've actually already recorded the um, conversation with him. It's a friend of mine, Randy Murphy, who um, is been running for about two and a half, three years, speaking of running, um, but he definitely graduated quick to longer distances. And in fact, um, he's going to talk a lot about overcoming injuries and dealing with obstacles. He, uh, you know, just he's in his 30s, but um, in his early 20s, he was addicted to cocaine. He was living in his car and homeless um, and just not living for God. But, uh, you know, God transformed his life 
and he is now a father of three, uh, being a great father to them, uh, not like he had uh, growing up with an abusive home. Um, but he talks a lot about overcoming injuries, how he's done that. And a year after finding out he had a fractured hip, uh, this past fall, he ran his very first 100-mile race, which uh, which was not easy, especially those last 15, 20 miles for him. But he kind of goes through what the Pinhody 100 was like for him. And uh, he's uh, got, got a lot of stuff going on and uh, really has, has a joy for running that he maybe didn't think he was going to have years ago. So uh, he talks about that and uh, you know gives you some wise advice about shooting for big goals that you can't even fathom or dream or are possible. So he's got some great inspiration for you on the next episode of the Run the Race podcast. But uh, until next time, let the good times roll.